Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Sex, Psych and Self and I have a raspy voice because I was belting love ballads on the way home. So welcome to the pod. Another week, another podcast. How's everybody going? Um, again, some housekeeping. I got very good uh feedback from the last episode you guys were loving the info about kinks so that's great I'm, I'm really glad that you liked it this week's episode uh was actually requested by you I put a poll on our Instagram sex psych self pod is our insta is our insta my insta for the podcast and I said whether you wanted a sexual health pod uh, episode or a mental health episode, and you chose mental health, and then I put out one saying whether um, you would choose about a mental health illness like anxiety or depression, or a mental health topic like confidence, and confidence won, but confidence literally only won by the littlest bit, so I think one of our next episodes will be about anxiety and depression, because you guys seemed super interesting in that um, as well. I do, before we jump into the topic uh, for this week, I do want to kind of talk about something I um, have experienced this week. Last night, I felt sad and it was sad for no particular reason. I just, you know, I felt sad. I felt tired. I felt like just what's the word? Like I felt drained, like everything I'd given everything for the week and I was drained and it was only Tuesday. (laughs) And I just want to remind you that it is okay to feel sad. Sometimes I do struggle with my anxiety and my depression, but I don't think last night was a depressive episode. I just think I was sad. And I just think that my body was feeling because it was tired. And I think that is okay. And I just want to remind you that just because maybe you feel sad and you can't put your like finger, you can't pinpoint a reason of why you're sad. Doesn't mean you're broken. Doesn't mean you're damaged. It just means you're human and it just means you're living. So I wanted to remind everyone of that because uh, I had to remind myself of it last night and remind myself of it this morning. I took 
time out for myself and that time out for myself was washing my hair with my beautiful new shampoo that I bought and lying in bed and scrolling through TikTok and just being by myself and I think that was the best thing I could have done because I went to sleep and woke up and I felt better. So just a reminder, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be drained. Take some time for yourself and practice self-care. It is so, so, so important. Anywho, episode four, Sex, Psych and Self podcast. And this episode is about confidence. I feel like confidence is a pressing issue from the ages of, you know, every age, a variety of ages, from when we're children to adolescents to adults. It's how do we be confident? How do we live a confident life with not only our bodies, but our faces and our personalities and social confidence and career confidence? How do we do it? Well, I hope this podcast gives you some tips and some tricks. We will also go into confidence in the bedroom, which was requested specifically by one of my lovely listeners. So if this is you, here you go. I'm really excited to be able to visit this topic for you. My whole life, I have been considered by myself and by other people as a very confident woman and girl. I put on a very confident front and that was my way of coping with some things in my adolescent years and I have briefly touched on this before always was very out there with my confidence and I relied on my confidence to get me through a lot of situations and relied relied on my confidence to like I said help me cope and help me deal with which is the same thing coping and dealing with my trauma you know my situational mental health issues. I don't think that was a bad coping strategy. I mean, I definitely could have practiced some better coping mechanisms and I do practice them now as an educated adult. Thank the Lord. But yeah, confidence. What is confidence? Confidence, self-confidence refers to one's thoughts on their self-worth one's own opinion on their own abilities, appearance and performance. So self-confidence, very self-explanatory, sex, psych and self. (laughs) It's all about you. It's all about your thoughts on yourself, how you think you look, how you think you, you know, are, how you think you perform, things you think you're good at, that kind of thing. I also wanted to touch on another term, self-efficiency, and that is the capability to handle future situations so your confidence in yourself to to handle future situations and I just wanted to touch on that because I did read that it does differentiate to self-confidence self-esteem is very similar to self-confidence it just relates to again one's opinion on oneself and one's thoughts in oneself in every aspect. Self-esteem relates to the present moment and self-efficiency relates on the future moment, how you think your future self will be, if that makes sense. And I was really upset actually when reading the self-confidence statistics within Australia. It made me really sad and it made me think like what I can do as a single person to help it because it's just not good enough in my eyes. Only one in five Australian women have high self-esteem. One in five. 
I'm very bad at percentages, but that's fuck all percentage. <laughs> Australia is ranked number 11 in the world of lowest self-esteem, which I mean, at least we're not number one. According to a study I read um, in regards to the statistics surrounding self-esteem and, you know, confidence in our women, I read that Japan ranks the lowest self-esteem country in the whole entire world, which did surprise me. I'm not sure who I thought would be the lowest self-esteem. I guess maybe, you know, judging by news media and social media, I was thinking maybe America. Um, the United States, but no, it's actually Japan ranks as the lowest for self-esteem. And I don't know whether that comes down to their cultural expectations, which I am not familiar on, so I don't want to talk on it. But, you know, they, there is a lot of cultural expectations for all cultures, even Australians. So I don't know if it relates back to that or what, but yeah, Japan, lowest for self-esteem self-esteem I literally cannot talk I've been at work all day talking so <laughs> and singing the whole way home I was singing love songs love ballads because I want to put together a wedding playlist to play at my wedding that I will eventually have when I get engaged which I am not so <laughs> um we love a planner we love a planning girl a busy girl with all the other things that I have on my bloody plate me just figuring out how to change the word on world on my drive home where does our issues of self-confidence and self-esteem come from? I feel personally, when I thought about it, of course, I think it relates back to our massive social media presence these days. The filters, the unrealistic expectations, you know, Instagram, TikTok. I think it all plays into how we think about ourselves, how we see ourselves. And I know you know this, the posts that you see that say, you know, nothing on Instagram is real, but it's really hard to remember that all the time when you're seeing these beautiful, fit, glowing women and you're like, well, hey, why don't I look like that? Well, I'm telling you why you don't look like that because that's not real. Not even they look like that. So please remember that when you're scrolling through your feed because, yeah, please remember that while looking at yourself in the mirror and waking up in the morning because you are beautiful in your own way and I, I feel like everybody is beautiful in their own way. So let's remember that. And I saw something on TikTok the other day and it was comparing pregnancy post baby bodies and I think that is disgusting. Why are we comparing baby bodies post natal? Like, why are we doing that? I've never had a child. I think pregnancy is the most beautiful thing in the whole, whole entire world. I think the fact that a, women, a woman's body can grow a literal human is the most magical out of this world experience. So when I saw this feed, this hashtag of like baby body, like standards, Way to make a woman feel shit if she doesn't bounce back in quotation marks after pregnancy. Your body has just been through the most traumatic experience of its life, popping out a huge human and going through God knows what else during birth. So I don't think that we sh anyone should be out there judging another woman by the way her body looks post-pregnancy. 
You have to remember if you've just had a baby or if you're currently pregnant, you are doing one of the most important tasks in the whole world, creating life. So just keep that in mind. Don't be so hard on yourself. You're a beautiful pregnant mama, whether you're two weeks, four weeks, 38 weeks, you're beautiful. And no matter what you look like after, no matter how much stretch marks, cellulite, saggy skin you have, we're women and the body, our bodies create life. You don't need any more excuses. And if anyone says different, tell them to fuck off because I don't like that. Tell them Tady says fuck off because I'm done with that shit. (laughs) And that brings me down to my next point. Everybody is different. We're all different. We have different builds. I'm not a big believer in the term big bones because all our bones are the same, but you know, different metabolisms, all our metabolisms digest fats and sugars differently. We have different, same anatomy, but different fat content, different muscle content. We're different heights, different weights. Our weight distributes differently. We have different body shapes. So I don't think you should compare yourself to anyone else because it's impossible. You can't be like anyone else because everyone on this world is unique and individual. Even twins will have different body, um, you know, even twins will have differences in their bodies, differences in their metabolism. They may look the same in the face, but their bodies can be completely different. So I think it's really important remembering that before we go and bash ourselves for not looking like the lady down the road. You are a human, like I said before, and and I will stress that so many times in this podcast because you are a human and humans do amazing, crazy things. So just remember that and just remember like you are built the way you're meant to be built. So if you're carrying a few extra kilos, if the doctor says you're overweight, I mean, if you ain't ready to listen, don't listen. And I wasn't ready to listen for many years when people were calling me overweight, um, obese, and it's not until I was ready. I did something about it. So if you're not ready right now, you don't need to be ready. Work on you and work yourself up to readiness to kind of achieve a better self-esteem. And that's some of the points I wanted to touch on in this episode is how to achieve a better self-confidence, a better view outlook on yourself is you need to challenge those bad thoughts about yourself. And what I mean about that is replace bad thoughts with the positive thoughts Focus on things you can do rather than things you can't. And this might sound very, very cliche, but I'm saying if you look at yourself in the mirror and say, shit, she's got love handles, replace that thought with a positive thought. So instead of shit, she's got love handles, gross, say, yeah, great. She's got some great tits. She's got great eyes. And I'm speaking in third person, but you're talking to yourself. She's got great hair. She looks great with those bangs she cut last week. Replace your bad thoughts with positive thoughts. Even if it's one thought a day, it's something. You can work on this by writing it down. Um, I think that's a great way of practicing positive self-esteem. You can write down at least, at least three things you enjoy about yourself or like about yourself. And I want, actually, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, go away, write a list of three things you enjoy about yourself physically and three things you enjoy about yourself other than physically. So that might be your personality or your, you know, 
I helped a lady today. I feel really like a kind person. That might be a thing. So three things you like physically. I'm going to do that right now for myself. Physically, I love my face. (laughs) I think I am very good looking. I like my skin and I like my feet. And I, okay, that's three. I could keep going, but Face, skin, whole face, like I love the way I look, skin and feet. They're my three physicals. My other ones are I love my sense of humour. I think I'm one funny bitch. I'm, I am, would definitely say I am one of the funniest people in the whole entire world. My sense of humour, my lo- loyalty to my friends, partner, family. I am loyal to the day you die, uh, till the day I die, you die. Ask any one of my friends, I'll do anything for my friends, my family, my boyfriend. And what's another one? I'm funny as fuck. I'm loyal as fuck. I'm real. Like I definitely tell it how it is. And I think that's a great attribute for somebody to have. I never, I'm a terrible liar. I'm always real. I'm, yeah, I just tell it like it is. So I'll go away, do the same. And then when you're having a shit headspace day, which we all have, I did yesterday, like I said, visit that list, have it somewhere, have it on your mirror, have it next to your bed, visit that list and realize that, hey, there are good things about myself because there's good things about everyone. And I'm like, I say this lightly, but even the most terrible people in the whole world, there's good things about them because there, that is a fact. There is good things about everyone. I think it's also super important um, in order to achieve a positive self-esteem is to take care of yourself. And you've definitely heard this before. You've heard it before from everyone on the internet, everyone in your life, health professionals, take care of yourself. It's a scientific fact. The more you take care of yourself, the better you'll feel mentally. Exercise, eating well. And I'm not saying you need to go to the gym every single day for two hours a day, but remain active. Walk the dog. Go to the gym, go for a swim, do what you like to do, but be active because active, like physical activity, releases endorphins in our brain and endorphins make us happy. It sounds really simple and it is really simple. So be active, take care of yourself, eat well. You're allowed to eat chocolate if you want to eat chocolate. You're allowed to eat cheesecake if someone brings it in for their birthday at work. But if you're eating shit for breakfast, lunch and dinner, it's going to make your mind feel shit. So just remember that. But also, you're allowed to treat. Not just once a week. You can have a treat more than that. And this has been Tadie's health talk. (laughs) I'm a health professional and I lost massive weight. So believe me, you're allowed to treat. (laughs) If you allow yourself to treat and have that chocolate and have that piece of cheesecake at work, then you'll feel less guilty and your mind will be more at ease with yourself and you'll be at some kind of equilibrium throughout your life because you're, you know, you're staying active, you're eating healthy, your mind's healthy. So remember that. In saying that, find time to relax, which I have been struggling with for the last couple of months. I've taken on a lot more than I can chew in my personal life, so to speak. And I'm finding it really hard to find time to truly relax. 
I'm getting better now. I'm dropping down some days at my other workplace. So I'm getting better at it now to find time for myself. We all have busy schedules, which is why it's so important to find time to do things we enjoy and that help us relax. It's important to find like do things that we want to do and that we like to do and not that we need to do. For me, going to the gym is not a relaxing thing. It definitely is great for my mental health and I definitely and my physical health and I do it almost every day, but to me it feels like a chore. So when I truly relax and take a day to myself to truly relax, I won't go to the gym. I might walk the dog because that's a really enjoyable thing for me, but I won't go to the gym. Because I feel like the gym is something I need to do, not something I enjoy to do. You've definitely heard this before and it's okay if you're not a goals person. I wasn't. I am now because I understand the importance of it. But setting goals for yourself is a massive way to achieve a great self-esteem, self-confidence. I think it's really important if you're not used to setting goals for yourself to remember that short-term goals are goals. They don't have to be five-year goals. They don't have to be yearly goals. They can be daily goals. That can be a goal for tomorrow, a goal for next week. That can be when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to write my list of three things I like about myself. Great goal. You go, sister. And it's important to keep them as realistic goals too so they can be achievable. The goals that you set for yourself when you achieve them that will up your self-esteem, that will make you feel good about yourself because you've achieved something. A sense of achievement does wonders for the mind. A sense of accomplishment in yourself can help heal your mind and promote that positive self-care that we are all aiming for. Another way that you can, you know, feel better about yourself is providing someone else with help. If that's helping someone with advice, offering some advice, Is that helping them to do a task, helping them achieve a personal goal for themselves? Help someone. Do something nice for someone tomorrow, even if that's texting one of your friends and saying, hey, how have you been? Hey, are you okay? Hey, I noticed you haven't, you've been distanced lately. Are you okay? Offering advice to someone, offering an ear for someone to vent in offering a shoulder for someone to cry on like that's a really nice thing you can do for someone and that'll make you feel good about yourself in saying that however and it's something that I have to look um look at from my profession being in the mental health profession it is important to not let yourself soak up other people's bad bad vibes and bad mental health because it is so easy to get so consumed in someone else's issues that that brings you down so it is important if you are wanting to be that person that someone can vent to is to be able to separate yourself from that and that's a a thing that I've learned with experience and time in my career of how to separate myself from other people's dramas. So I can listen to terrible stories all day, every day at work, which I do, and see people die and see people trying to die and take their own life. And I can easily come home and be, that's that. Flick the switch, be back to home TD and just not take it home with me. 
So even in your real lives, when you're hearing other people's issues, sure, offer advice and help where you can, but do not take that into your mind and your brain and your soul. That'll be draining for you. It'll burn you out and you'll be good to no one once you're a burnt out little crispy soul. So (laughs) crispy soul. Um, (laughs) I love that saying crispy soul. So remember that. Um, And you need to consciously try to change your mindset. And that's very important when trying to achieve or, you know, increase your self-confidence. Change your mindset. Actively try. Get a different perspective. Why should I bother? Why should I bother about something? I'll never know till I try. You know, change that perspective. You know, why should I bother messaging him? He's only going to reject me. Change that to how will I know if he'll reject me? How do I know that's true? I don't know he's going to reject me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try because I'm a hot bitch. And anybody who gets to talk to me, anyone who gets to be with me, anyone that gets to be in my presence, you're welcome. It's a gift because that's what I think about myself and it gets me pretty far. So Um, I will take this time to say to all my friends, all my family and everyone who gets to be in my presence, all my work people, you are welcome. You are so welcome. And you know, the old fashioned saying, look at the world through rose colored glasses. And I love that because that's exactly that. Get a positive mindset. It'll make you feel good. And some of us here might not like the whole education learning side of things, but our brain does feel enriched and good when it's learning and stimulated by new experiences. So you might you don't have to sit down and read a book to learn new things, but go try new things, do new things, get out of your comfort zone and meet new people and do things that are good and enrich your brain. It's, you know, there are physical things that you can do, like learning how to crochet. I don't know what you're into. Learning how to embroider, learn how to make little clay objects, which I'm trying to learn at the moment. I want to make those little clay nursing badges that people have. I have one and I want to make them myself and give them to all my friends. That's my new hobby. It, my brain feels good because it's being enriched by a new stimulating experience. And it's also so, so important to surround yourself with people that are good for your mental health. And you need to kind of realise the people that are good for your mental health And the people that are bad for your mental health, because I guarantee you there's at least one person in your circle in your life right now that's not necessarily good for your mental health. So you need to weed out these people. And if you can't get rid of them completely, short doses, sis, short doses, here is your permission, short doses of them. Surrounding yourself with people good for your mental health will bring good mental health. I think it's super important as well. And we've kind of insinuated this in a lot of the um, mentioned above topics but learn to accept yourself be your own best friend and learn to be happy with you learn to be happy with what you have to offer and believe in yourself believe that you are enough believe that you have this amazing amount of self-worth and you are worth the world because nine times out of ten Actually, 9.8 times out of 10, that is the truth. So let's be our own best friends. 
Okay, and that's not saying you should just rely on yourself and be an independent woman and not have any friends or date anyone because you're your own best friend and you don't need anyone. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Friends are so valuable in so many ways and I think we all realise that. And like I mentioned in the first episode, humans need touch. Humans need other humans. Humans crave and need that human affection. So don't deprive yourself of things that the human body needs but learn to be okay with you. Learn to be your own best friend. Learn to be the best version of you you can be. And in regards to relationships, you cannot be with someone, be in a happy, healthy relationship unless you are in a happy, healthy relationship with yourself. And that sounds super cliche, but it is the damn truth. Be in a happy, healthy relationship with yourself. I think it's important to make your environment positive as well. So your room, your office at work, wherever, whoever, make it positive. Put up things that make you feel good. Put up pictures, quotes, mementos. What makes me feel good is plants and pictures of my sausage dogs. So my desk at work, plants and pictures of my sausage dogs. Make your space good make it make you feel good when you look at it it's just like a breath of fresh air my room is to my house you know make your space safe make your space safe make it good make it a positive environment for you and I think again when it becomes to um becomes when it comes to relationships and this is this is something that has really helped me throughout my traumatic dating experience and that is that I tell myself out loud I tell myself out loud that I was okay before this person I was okay before I started seeing this person before I was with this person and I will be okay after them so during those times of breakup when everything feels like it's not good and you feel like you'll never move past it you need to remember that you were okay before them. Remember who you were before you met that person. You will be okay after them. You'll be a changed version of yourself, but you will be okay after them. I guarantee you. And I think it's also important to remember that when put in new social situations um, or any social situation at all, not everybody's going to like you. And again, that's just human nature. We can't be best friends with everyone. We cannot please everyone. It's okay if they don't like you. You do have people at home or in your inner circle who love you for you. So if you're in a place where you feel like you just have no friends and everyone hates me, they probably don't hate you. They probably just, you know, maybe you're not someone's cup of tea. Go home, call the people that you know love you and bitch about the people that don't. (laughs) That's what I do and that's what makes me feel better because I'm in situations all the time where there's new people that I kind of have to deal with and new people that I have to talk to and I go home if I'm sensing that some people or a few people don't like me, I go home and I bitch about them to the people who do love me because I know I'm hard not to love. I'm hard not to love. I'm easy to love. And that is why I got cold, stuck up my whole life. 
Signs that do depict a low self-esteem. Um, I'll just outline a couple of those. Saying and thinking negative things about yourself, that's quite self-explanatory. Joking about yourself in a negative way to others. Blaming yourself in most situations. Saying, oh, that was my fault because unreasonable blame on yourself. Not everything's your fault, sis. Thinking others are better than you. I think competition, competitive nature is natural and healthy. Thinking that everyone's going to be better than you all the time. Nah. Stop it. Snap out of it. Don't believe it. Thinking you don't deserve the fun and thinking you don't deserve great things and never accepting people's compliments. I'm telling you right now over this microphone, let me caress your ears with this advice. Take the compliment. Take it and say thank you. Because nine times out of ten, they're not lying. If someone comes up to you and says, I like your hair, why would they come up to you and say that if they didn't mean it? Take the compliment. Stop avoiding challenges. Challenge yourself. Because, yeah, you might fail, but it doesn't mean you're a failure. And you know what's even cooler? You might succeed. So stop avoiding the challenges. Go out and do the damn thing. Another sign of a low self-esteem is feeling that worthless, sad, angry, depressed and anxious. My psychologist has suggested that my anxiety and depression comes from low self-worth and low self-esteem. And I think subconsciously throughout my life, I have been struggling with that low self-esteem and that really stuck up, you know, exuberating, I don't even know if that's a word, exuberating self-confidence was definitely a front and like I said, a coping mechanism. So I have dealt with low self-confidence and just no self-respect and not really realizing my self-worth. I do now, but I feel like, again, that trauma and that um, history of low self-esteem has really contributed to my anxiety and depression. So the, you know, proofs there that low self-esteem definitely can contribute to ongoing mental health uh, issues in the future way into your adult life as it has mine and you need to every morning that you wake up you look in the mirror and like I said before write that list about yourself just look at yourself in the mirror every morning I know there's some people out there that fear looking at themselves in the mirror and to me that's that's not good enough you need even at first you're forcing yourself to look in the mirror, please look at yourself in the mirror and realise what an amazing, creative, like, present human you are. Human are the most complex mammals on this planet. And you're here. And you woke up this morning. Like, that's an achievement in itself. Good on you. It is natural to have insecurities. I don't think we're ever going to love every single bit, every single dimple and roll and little cell of our beings that's impossible but don't let them ruin your life and again replace those negative thoughts with positive ones don't let those thoughts that you have stop you from doing what you want and stop you from wearing what you want wear the mini skirt wear the tight jeans wear the crop top 
wear whatever you want. And you know the saying, you've heard it before, if you've got a body, you've got a bikini body. So wear the bikini. I was going to say summer's coming up. It's not. It's winter. But winter's coming up. Wear the cute winter outfits. Yeah, you can do it. I will be. I mean, let's be real. I'll probably still be wearing crop tops in winter because crop tops are like a staple. But yes, building confidence and being that ultimate self-confident woman or person takes time and it does take practice. So don't feel bad on yourself if you're not getting it, if you don't feel confident after two days. It takes time. And it takes a lot of that building up your mentality to make yourself have a positive self-esteem. You need to build a kind mind. And that is my favorite term, kind mind, because that's exactly what it is. Be kind to yourself and you will achieve that by starting small. Small goals. Small goals. Now we're going to move on to um, a topic of confidence in the bedroom. This is probably an interesting topic for a lot of you and probably something that you want to, a lot of you kind of wonder about and want to know how to achieve the ultimate confidence in the bedroom. It's going to sound really simple and the things I'm going to talk about, but you need to become familiar with your body. And I'm talking get a mirror Put your leg up on the bath and look at your vagina or your doodle if you're a man. Look at your butthole. Figure out what holds what, what does what, what it looks like and become familiar with you. And I also want to stress at this point, there is no norm, like there is no norm for genitals. So everyone's looks different. Everyone's individual. And... If you're a woman, please don't worry about your vagina and what it looks like. And if you think it's floppy or flappy or saggy or whatever, men love it. So you should love it too. But definitely become familiar with what you got. Experiment on your own. Experimenting on your own can build your confidence in the bedroom because you will know exactly what you want and exactly what you like. And by experimenting, I mean... Under the covers, under the doona, on the couch, wherever, whoever. Get the sex toys out, get the vibrators, get the, you know, dildos and experiment on yourself. How are you going to have positive, amazing sex with someone else if you don't even know how you like it yourself? So get out there, try it. Give everything a try. And like I mentioned before, you need to choose people who are good for your mental health. Be sexual with people who make you feel good, not only physical, but mentally. So if you have friends with benefits who's a total dickhead to you that does great sex but makes you feel shit in every other sense of the word, please get rid of him because there are men out there that can make you feel good both ways and that's the ultimate Also remember that you are giving them pleasure, okay? You chose them to have sex with. You chose them. It's not the other way around. Get rid of these thoughts that, oh, he chose me. Like, I need to do whatever he likes so he doesn't leave me. Like, who cares? 
There are billions of men on this planet. Billions of women, if you like to have sex with women. There are billions of people on this planet to have sex with. You choose them. They just consent to your choice. Let's remember that, not the other way around. And it's also very important to remember that wear things that make you feel sexy and that you feel confident in. If you are still working on your naked self-confidence, that's okay. Wear things that you feel confident in because the more confident you are, the better your sex is going to be. If you don't feel confident naked, wear lingerie. If you feel comfortable in some forms of lingerie, wear that. Wear a crop top. Wear, you know, frilly undies and scoot them to the side. Like wear something that you feel good in. It'll advance your sexual experience. And if you think you look hot, you do. A thing I've also tried once, because um, my, you know, experience, I don't really like having sex with the lights on. Um, not self-confidence issues. I just think it's very confronting and I don't really need <laughs> the lights that bright. Like some bedroom lights are really bright and I don't need it. So I think mood lighting is always a good choice. And you can invest in these like sexy red, blue, whatever lights for your room. Um, and just a little uh, tip hint for you. You're welcome. Is womanly figures look great in like dark red lights. It accentuates our curves in all the right places and hides stuff that we might want to hide. So um, yeah, just keep that in mind when you're on eBay looking for mood lights. Okay, thanks. Um <laughs> Take a long, I've visited this before, take a long look at yourself in the mirror naked by yourself. If that's in the morning, I've already told you to look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, maybe look at yourself naked. That body was given to you and gifted to you and that body can do amazing things. Okay? Every curve, bump and dimple is there on purpose. It's there to make you you. And can we please remember that these lower bellies that so many of us are self-confident, uh, self-confident, self-conscious about, these lower belly padding, um, can we please remember that we have a uterus down there and lower belly padding is totally natural as it forms as a cushion for our vital uh, reproductive organs, such as our uterus. So next time you're grabbing it and wishing you could cut it off, please remember it is literally guarding the thing that creates life. Stretch marks. I know so many of us, because so many of my friends are self-conscious about their stretch marks, whether they're light, whether they're dark, whether they're purple, whether they're red. If any man or woman ever says anything about your stretch marks or is deterred by your stretch marks, <laughs> fuck them off. If any man or woman ever says anything to you about your stretch marks, they are not emotionally or mentally advanced enough for you. And they probe, probably probe, they probably won't manage to pleasure you anyway. So what's the point of having them around? Don't take what people say to your head or your heart, please. Take what I say, because I'm smart and I'm nice. <laughs> Be heard, be strong and push for what you want and what makes you feel good. It's not just about your partner. Whoever you're having sex with, it's 
two people having sex or more if you're into that thing. So whoever's involved, be strong, okay? Push for what you want and be heard. Say what you want. You are giving your body to them. You you chose them to have, you know, pleasure, love making, if that's what it is. It might not be. It might just be like a root. But tell them what you want. And if they don't want it, you don't want them. Okay? Let's remember that. And again, millions of people out there to have sex with. Don't settle for assholes. Last thing I want to touch on, um, which, you know, falls into... The self-confidence thing is body dysmorphia. All right, body dysmorphia. Sorry, I had to go tell my boyfriend to feed the dogs. Like, they are our children. Please feed our children. Be a strong woman, please. Women shouldn't have to do everything around the house. Anyways, body dysmorphia disorder. So body dysmorphia dis, uh, dysmorphic disorder or BDD for short is a mental illness and it's characterized by constant worrying over perceived or slight defect in the appearance. That's all self, um, self-thought. Repetitive behaviours are performed in response to these concerns about one's appearance. And body dysmorphia usually starts in the adolescent years when concern over physical appearance is common and, you know, kind of increased in those adolescent years. I think a lot of people probably suffer with uh, suffer with BDD without even uh, realising it. I think I suffered with it um, to an extent two years ago when I started losing my weight. I would jump on the scales three times a day um, to check that I was not gaining weight. I would take photos of myself from all profiles to make sure I didn't have a double chin anymore. I would have dreams that I magically put on back on all my weight overnight. Um, I was really obsessed with it and that was body dysmorphia to an extent. The symptoms of this um, are, like I said, strongly believing they have a physical defect that makes uh, them ugly, frequently checking their appearance in mirrors or cameras or avoiding mirrors, wearing a lot of makeup or growing a beard as cover to insecurities, spending a lot of time grooving, and I mean like excessive amounts of time grooming their appearance, constantly comparing their uh, <laughs> appearance to other people, and that will be in real life on social media, you know, just constantly, oh, I don't look like that oh, my body's not like that, oh, my bum's not like... Seeking constant reassurance from others regarding their appearance, you know. Do you think I look fat? Do you think my bum looks fat in this? Do you think my feet look too big? And following those ridiculous strict diets. Oh, nothing pisses me off than someone that says, oh, I've just started this this diet, the blah, blah diet, and, um, yeah, I've lost, like, three kilos. Um, yeah, that's water weight, and you're probably setting yourself into malnutrition. So, soz, but don't do that. It's not healthy. Exercising excessively. So, I mean, like, hours, hours, hours every day to the point where, like, you are healing over. 
toppling over because you've just exerted that much of your energy. Um, Taking anabolic steroids or dietary supplements in not all cases are considered body dysmorphia, but can be considered in some extreme cases. Undergoing cosmetic plastic surgery, again, in not all cases can be considered body dysmorphia, but these people that go overboard with the plastic surgery, like that is a form of body dysmorphia and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Tanning excessively, me when I was a teenager, tanorexic, that was me. Um, So yeah, definitely tick that on the box. Compulsively picking at their skin or hair. There are other mental illnesses that this is one of the symptoms, but it can be a part of body dysmorphia also. Frequently touching, squeezing, grabbing, ripping at parts of their body they don't like. So this meaning like stomach, hips, thighs, that kind of thing, like constantly just grabbing handfuls like, oh, you know, don't do that. (laughs) I used to do it all the time. Uh, avoiding going out or being around other people or hating and avoiding being photographed. I used to hate being photographed as a, when I had all my weight on and I would only like taking photos of myself because I could control the angles and control the way which people uh, viewed me. So what are the causes of this? Like what makes body dysmorphia come about and in some instances it can be genetic some people with bdd also have mental illness in their family um a body dysmorphic disorder is more common in those who have a close relative with ocd which is a obsessive oppressive obsessive compulsive disorder um having anxiety uh A generalized anxiety disorder or a personality disorder can also closely correlate with body dysmorphic disorder. Personality traits can lead to it also and such personality traits include perfectionism. Someone that needs to be perfect in every aspect of their lives, this will include their body. Also, a thing that you know, kind of can contribute to a variety of mental health issues, not just BDD, is childhood trauma or abuse, including bullying, teasing, verbal abuse, um, anything concerning their appearance. And this is definitely where mine came from. Uh, I think mine came from, I was, have been bullied about my weight since I was, as long as I can remember, as long as I've been in school, I've been called fat. Um, so I literally used to get called a penguin in grade two because I would waddle when I walked and I wasn't even that, like, I wasn't really that obese in grade two. I just really have short limbs and <laughs> I can't walk great. Like I can't run great. I can't walk great because I have short limbs and then they ended up being chunky limbs. So I have been bullied about my weight, about my whole body for my whole life. I laugh, but I'm, it's my coping mechanism. I, it, it has led to some shit in my life. Um, the most extreme um, body dysmorphic disorders 
are treated, can be treated, so don't stress. It's treated by medication, psychotherapy and cognitive behavioural therapies in psychology and psychiatry. And um, it is in need of ongoing support. Like it's not just a one hit fix. You're not going to go to a doctor one day and be like, hey, I have this and they're going to wave their wand and you're magically cured. It's like all mental health issues. It's ongoing. You need to really put in the work to be able to recover and move on and um, go into recovery from these mental health disorders. It's body dysmorphic disorder. Like I said, if you relate to any part of that, I want to tell you that you're not alone and I know exactly how you feel. And like I said, my mental, you know, mentality behind my body image was toxic. When I first started losing weight, I was obsessed with it. I would constantly, like I said, jump on the scales every single day. I have since gotten rid of scales. I weigh myself probably once a quarter at work. Like I don't have scales in my house anymore. I do constantly look at myself in the mirror, but only because I feel like I look good and I feel like I'm a beautiful human being. But before I would look at myself to constantly like make sure I hadn't put on weight. Like I could have looked at myself at four o'clock in the afternoon and then at eight o'clock in the afternoon, have a full on meltdown in my bed and have to take a picture of myself or look at myself in the mirror to make sure I hadn't pulled back on 45 kilos in five hours. It was quite intense. But again, we're getting through it. We're moving on. And I wouldn't consider myself in recovery just yet. But, you know, I'll get there. And I think we'll all get there. And with my help, it might be a little bit easier. Anywho, I want to leave you with an exercise. And I asked you to do this previously in this episode, but I want you to wake up every day and have a nice long look at yourself in the mirror, either naked or in undies. I want you to name at least three things you like about your physical appearance and three things you like about yourself or your personality or whatever apart from physical experience. And this is an optional one, but put another mirror in your house. Because you can never have too many mirrors and you can never look at yourself too many times. Well, you can, but you can never look at yourself and think you're good looking too many times. Anyways, I tell myself that. And last but not least, in the next week, until the next episode, wear something you would have never have worn before. Because guarantee you, you look smoking in it. So do it. I'm going to do it tomorrow to work I'm gonna wear a cute little outfit to work and um I'm probably gonna feel weird for the first 20 minutes but after that I'm gonna rock it because I usually do okay all right that is episode four I hope that created some insight around confidence and I hope I've given you some tips and some tricks on how to build your confidence in the bedroom and in your life uh thank you for listening you are the greatest and I just really hope this helped I don't think anyone I hate when I hear people are so like self-conscious of themselves and don't feel good in themselves because 
You are literally so beautiful. I'm telling you. But until next time, I've really got to stop making that noise with my mouth. I notice, what, I notice it when I'm editing that podcast. That and I say um like 4,000 times and it's so annoying. So I don't know if I've done it because I subconsciously do it. I only realize when I listen back to the podcast and I'm like, what the heck? So weird. Anywho, look after yourself. Look after your mental health. And most of all, most importantly of all, have some safe sex. My name's Tady. This is Sex, Psych and Self, and I'll see you next week.